0: Oh, yeah. Will I'm riding? Woohoo! Singing the same old cowboy song. Good morning, y'all. That's been sung a hundred times before. Come on in and take a seat at my house. Ain't got nothing but my name. It's Rosie on the house. Here it comes. I'm happy and I'm free.
1: <laughs> Good job, man. <honey. laughs>
0: Good morning, y'all. It's your Saturday morning tradition. It's your weekend wake-up call. It's your Arizona homeowner happy place, right here at Rosie on the House. You can let that roll, Gary. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to get it all in today. Do you know it's Cinco de Mayo? Uh, I didn't think about it. But do yes, it is. Do you know it's Garden in the Nude Day? Today? Uh, I got we'll that checked off my list. <laughs> That's First thing we're... this morning. Up at dawn with the roosters. It is Global Garden <laughs> Naked Day. That's why we're covering beef. And I, I will tell you one thing. Don't, don't. Google search that with your kids, just because if you're curious, because the website is startling. <laughs> <laughs> They're serious about their nudity at Global Garden Nude Day. So I understand care- it's kind of old people. Careful! Too. <laughs> don't don't we have a nudist colony still in? in I think Arizona? we I think we do Shangri-La. Okay. At least Shangri-La, Shangri-La, that's it. Yeah. And it is hike like a girl day. So we have a lot to cover today uh, here in the Rosie on the House program today in the ten o'clock hour we're going to be talking about uh, getting full use of that garage. You know, it is it's the biggest extra room you have at your house if you've got it stored correctly, cataloged correctly, and set up right. So we're going to talk about what do you have to do to cool it down. What do you have to that? Oh, that garage door is the biggest appliance you have at your house, and you completely, totally ignore it. You do. I know you do. You all do. When was the last time one of you greased your garage door? Ha! See, no one's raising their hand. Not one. <laughs> not one. Look, 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 look. Use the microphone cam. No <laughs> one's raising their hand. All right. So we're going to be talking about the overhead garage door. We're going to be talking about. Making the garage comfortable. Nine o'clock hour is open line. You can call in about any project you want. And hallelujah, baby, we got some really encouraging news from the super cool army of homeowners concerning the new APS power rates. Super cooling is not dead. Oh. <laughs> oh. And we'll be talking about that in the 9 o'clock hour. Also, any of you that have begun receiving your new APS bills with the new APS rate, we're going to be extremely curious to continue collect data on what you're seeing as well. In the eight o'clock hour, we got some ranchers coming in from Reddington, Arizona on the beautiful San Pedro River. Go talk beef. It's National Beef Month. We got that going too. There's just too much going on. <laughs> May's busy. <laughs> April May everybody is Everybody picks May, right? Oh uh, yeah, you got to cram it all in before the summer hits, before everybody leaves. Before everybody leaves. So that's just a small taste of what we got scheduled for today. But like I said, today is hike like a girl day. So we thought we'd bring a girl hiker in. not just any girl hiker, but the founder of Trails Inspire organization. Someone who has hiked the Arizona Trail, through hiked the Arizona Trail three times, is in the midst of doing a traverse of the Grand Canyon. A traverse of the Grand Canyon is 600 miles. Hallelujah, baby. So as a special guest up from Marana, Arizona this morning, in studio with us is Serena Dufault. Serena, welcome to the studio.
2: Thanks so much for having me on the show. I go to your website
0: and it says that you were a suburbanite to adventure. This this hiking legacy you've begun to uh, stamp in stone wasn't your first inkling.
2: No, not at all. I come from the Chicago suburbs and really could not have lived a more suburban existence growing up. Um, I worked at the mall. I had big (laughs) hair in the 90s. I was a fashion design student. Um, And so, you know, when people come to me and they're like, oh, well, you know, you do all these amazing things. You must have grown up doing this. And I show them a picture of my fashion days where I've got like the the side ponytail and a bunch of makeup on and high heels and, uh, you know, not at all. And, you know, I also part of that comes from uh, my background. My dad is from India and my mom's from southern Italy. And I'm the first generation born here. And both of those cultures, I actually interviewed them about this recently. Neither of those cultures go hiking or camping or you know the, the kind of things that I'm interested in. And so growing up, we um, we went to national parks for vacation and things like that, but we never went hiking. It would be you know going out for a picnic or you know just going into car touring with overlooks and things like that. But um, you know I asked my dad, and he's like. You know, we just never heard of that kind of thing. <laughs> so,
0: When you got a perfectly good station wagon.
2: <laughs> well, and, you know, my dad came from India um, way back in the 60s, and he rem- he, sa- he said he remembers hearing about people giving up, you know, the chance to sleep in a perfectly good bed to go spend a bunch of money to get camping equipment, to go sleep in the woods. I mean, you know, from a guy who came from... A place where you're sleeping outside with a mosquito net on a cot—that just seemed ridiculous to him. <laughs> and so it wasn't until my aunt, my aunt was a little more outdoorsy, um, aunt on my mother's side, and uh, from she, Italy, f- uh, right, both from Italy. Okay, um, she took me camping when I was a teenager, and then I really wasn't—I wasn't exposed to it until right before I moved to Arizona. Um, I, like I said, I was a fashion design student, and then one of these one day I took a class in anthropology. And decided to change my major and come out to Arizona to study archaeology. Oh, and so right before I was doing that, from I w-
0: fashion design to bones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, probably not something that happens quite often. But all right. Um, so it was uh, getting into archaeology that really got me outdoors and um, you know going on digs and things like that. And so when I decided to transfer. Um, Colleges from my fashion design program to an archaeology program, I chose the University of Arizona, and great I,
0: choice. I, I think so. <laughs> yes.
2: And uh, I came out here sight unseen. I'd never visited before or anything like that. And I drove out. I took a two two week road trip with my boyfriend at the time in a little red sports car to come to Arizona. And the very first thing we did when we came to Arizona, of course, was to go see the Grand Canyon.
0: Well, good. I know people have been here 20 years and haven't seen
2: it yet, so congratulations on that. I know people in Flagstaff who haven't (laughs) seen it yet.
0: (laughs) Is that unbelievable?
2: So we went to the Grand Canyon, and I remember seeing it and thinking, gosh, I can't even wrap my head around this. And it wasn't until the next day where we did the hike down to Cedar Ridge on the South Kaibab Trail that I really understood the Grand Canyon and got that spark Um, At the time, though, I never, I didn't know that you could, I mean, I had never been backpacking before. I had no idea you could raft the river. I mean, it was just kind of dipping my toes into the Grand Canyon.
0: See, this is what Arizona does to people. And And that's my mission is just peel back the layers of Arizona so our listeners can just start appreciating the idea of get outdoors. And that's your whole organization that you founded. Trails Inspire. What's what's your mission statement there?
2: Well, my mission is to get people outdoors and to promote the outdoors via writing, photography, public speaking. And I also do trail design and um, events. And so actually building and, you know, designing the trails for people as well. Um, And my, my big thing is, you know, you don't need to do things like I do, you know, these multi-week adventures or these, you know, hundreds of miles, <laughs> just go out and have a picnic or go for a nice walk. There's so many wonderful public lands available in Arizona for people. And so I really, you know, that's always been my message is just get outside.
0: So as the founder, as the executive director, as the secretary, as the treasurer of Trails Inspire, what does your day-to-day look like in, the, in the, all those roles?
2: Well, I'm on the road quite a bit. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the things that I do, part of it's on the computer, of course, doing emails, setting things up, um, but a lot of it is on the road. This is my, I believe, fourth weekend in a row traveling, and so I've been to Silver City, I've New Mexico, I've been to Tucson, I've been to Superior, I've been, you know, quite a few places. So, um, you know, the workflow varies wildly. Um, sometimes I'll be you know, in the middle of writing a piece for a website or something like that, but I'll also have to be traveling, so I'll have my laptop, and, you know, I, I actually try and camp as much as I can when I'm when I'm traveling, and so sometimes, you know, I find a place with good Wi-Fi or, you know, a good signal where I can <laughs> ha- set up my hot spot in the forest. Even better if I can set up a hammock and do it, and, uh, you know, just... Getting, getting things done. It's, it's a lot of outreach. Um, I do a lot of public speaking. I just did a wonderful talk about uh, From Suburbanite to Adventure, similar to what we were talking about at Summit Hut in Tucson. And um, and then I do a lot of freelance writing for various uh, websites and publications, as well as my own blog. I have have my Trails Inspire blog, and, as well as Serena's Wanderings, which is my blog that I've had since 2008.
1: And it actually starts with... I just... Uh, clicked over there with some really cute pictures of you in your fashion years. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Styling.
0: Right. Well, talk about some of the successful projects you all tackled.
2: Well, um, my background comes from community engagement with the Arizona Trail Association. Okay. And so um, I'm really proud of the fact that I when I – when I came on to the Arizona Trail Association in uh, 2011, I was asked to uh, be the gateway community liaison by the previous executive director, Dave Hicks, who lives right in this neighborhood. And uh, he asked me to be the liaison between the communities on the trail and the trail users and that was such a rewarding position was the trail finished in 2011 uh it had just been finished had it just been
0: finished okay right we're gonna take a quick break when we get back we're speaking with serena defoe from trails inspire it is hike like a girl day and this girl has put on thousands of miles so if you want to hike like a girl you got to stay tuned and find out what that's all about right here at rosie on the house Trying to do all we can to light your passion for getting outside in this great state of Arizona. In here in studio this morning with me is my son Romy, of course. Co-host of the show, my wife, sweet Jennifer. Good morning. And special guest, Serena Defoe of Trails Inspire. We were talking just before the end of the break about successful projects you've encountered under Trails Inspire. You were talking about the Arizona Trail, 2011.
2: Right. So this is how I got into the... The work that I'm doing with Trails Inspire, I built the Gateway Community Program for the Arizona Trail. So there's 33 towns on the Arizona Trail. And when I first got my job, the trail could have gone right by the business that I was talking to, and they wouldn't know about it. And so part of that was... um, you know telling people that the trail existed at all but then a big facet of that was explaining to people the benefits of having a long distance trail coming through your town and the difference between um you know people dirty people with backpacks coming into <laughs> your town you know if you think that they're a homeless person you're going to probably treat them a little bit different than if you think they're a through hiker and they're in your town to spend a bunch of money yes and so one of my my absolute favorite legacies of that that position was that I hear all the time. What a wonderful experience Arizona Trail hikers and bikers and equestrians have in those gateway communities, mm. and they're well, you know, open, open arms. And people asked if you need a ride or a place to stay, and it's just a, it's a wonderful thing to have built that, help to build that culture.
0: All right, now you've been through the Arizona Trail full length two full times. Anybody that's done the Arizona Trail can't come on my show without sharing in that entire length what one spot would you go back to? What's the favorite spot in that entire trail?
2: Wow, the favorite spot in the entire trail. That's so tough. Yes. Gosh. Um, I mean, besides the Grand Canyon, which of course, I mean you can't beat rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. Can't
0: beat rim to rim.
2: You know, I really love the Catalina Mountains near my home. I think it's it's one of the toughest pieces of the entire trail. You gain, I believe, almost 6,000 feet of elevation. But in doing so, you go from cactus to aspen. And I think there's just, just nothing better in Arizona than to go through all of those different environments. And then up at the top, you reach a place called the Wilderness of Rock. And it's spectacular place big giant boulders ponderosa pines up at about seven thousand feet
0: all right and then the second question i always ask hikers on the rose on the house show is "Is there anything more important out there on the trail than two things your left foot and your right foot absolutely (laughs) i mean with, with with any discomfort in your feet you're done totally okay so what is your shoe boot of choice
2: Well, first of all, I'd like to recommend the book Fixing Your Feet, because when I first got into hiking, Fixing Your Feet saved me, because when I would get blisters, I had a whole bunch of different ways to treat them, and then I also had a bunch of different ways to prevent them. Um, So my foot setup is uh, quite a few layers, but it works really well for me. I use a toe sock. It's called an Injinji toe sock. (laughs) <laughs> Love the toe sock. Have you um, read this book? No, no but this that's is, what that's
0: my that's my first layer and people make fun of me for well, it yeah. okay Those things are
2: fantastic. I used to have to tape my toes up quite a bit and now I don't have to do any of that so I use that and then I'll use um, usually a darn tough sock uh, okay. over it. And then I use uh, what are called dirty girl gaiters. So these are uh, things. I don't. I don't wear those. <laughs> these are a thing <laughs> that slips over your shoe. I wear low top shoes, and so um, it slips over your shoe and attaches to it so that rocks and pebbles don't get in. Oh, that's genius! And dirty girl gaiters has a million different designs. Minor leopard print. I think I see those here. Yeah, yeah. I'm always wearing the leopard print gaiters. It's part of my deal. Um, And then I wear an ultra uh, trail runner shoe. It's an ultra Olympus, so it's the extra cushion shoe. It's Uh got like two inches of foam, so um, really cushy. It's kind of like walking on a little cloud, which helps in Arizona because things are so rocky.
0: That's not a shoe for a beginner. No. You you really need to build your feet up to a, to a, 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 a stamina level. Because that's a pretty light, structured shoe.
2: It is. And I have really strong legs and feet from uh, dance and yoga my whole life. And so I have really strong ankles. Um, And in fact, when I used to wear high-top boots... Um, back when I was first hiking, it would cause problems with my Achilles tendon because it didn't have full range of motion. And so when I switched to the low-top shoes, I first switched to a low-top Merrill uh, trail uh, trail shoe, (laughs) and then um, I went to the Ultras. And the Ultras, the biggest thing for me with those is that they're foot-shaped. Foot shaped shoes. They don't come to a point. Big toe
0: chamber. Big giant toe chamber,
2: (laughs) which I don't understand why that's not, why foot shaped shoes is a revelation. Mm, You know, I agree. And so um, nobody has pointy feet. So I really, I've been wearing those since I think about 2015, and I just, I love them. And I wear them for everything. I wear them for off-trail in the Grand Canyon. I wear them for almost everything except for trail layout. If I'm doing uh, any kind of trail layout or really uh, intensive bushwhacking, then I do have a pair of Keens that I'll wear.
0: All right, very good. Here with Serena Defoe from Trails Inspire. We're going to come back and talk about all of the different places she's been. And we're also going to talk about some of the urban and suburban access points you have throughout Arizona to just get out and touch the wilderness, the outdoors, the great state of Arizona. Neat. Making our way down the trail this morning with Serena Dufau of Trails Inspire, celebrating Hike Like a Girl Day. I get this segment. Romy gets garden in the nude in his outdoor living gardening Ooh. hour next hour. So I don't know how you're gonna handle that, I buddy. Hate. But it's all yours. Can't wait for I hope the guests. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, he opted for beef. All right, don't go outside.
0: It's what's for dinner. <laughs> it's what's for, And it's Cinco de Mayo. So we're celebrating a lot of things today. We're celebrating right now the great outdoor trails of Arizona. We've been talking with a suburbanite-turned-adventurer who's actually hiked through Hike the Arizona Trail twice, is in the midst of getting the Grand Canyon Traverse under her belt. That's 600 miles, folks. That's the length of the Colorado River, not across the Grand Canyon. We're here with Serena Dufo. Serena, we're talking a little bit about all the things you could do. Let's talk about some of the trailheads and hiking opportunities people have in in the bigger communities around Arizona. I think Arizona has done a fabulous job. You've got Flagstaff, Prescott, Payson, Phoenix, Tucson. Talk talk about what urbanites and suburbanites opportunities have.
2: Right, so... uh... One of the things that I just recently did in March, I did a through hike of the loop, which is Tucson's urban trail system. And uh, it's 131 miles. I did a, a loop that was about 80 miles of the trail system. And, you know, these these urban interfaces, is it's a great way to introduce people to the outdoors. Um, and it's everything, you know, on the loop, you have everything from total beginners to people that are training for marathons and long bike races and these these kinds of things are fantastic because it makes the outdoors more accessible to a larger number of people Um, tucson
0: deserves such a a round of applause for what they've done to revitalize that whole santa cruz riverbed area i mean what what that was 20 years ago and what it is today is just fabulous
2: That hike actually really surprised me. Um, It was five days uh, and 80 miles, and I was so amazed at how diverse the environments were that we were going through and then also just the art and the parks and you know the obviously the views because it's arizona and you know two suns in a basin with five mountain ranges but um you know it was just, it was wonderful and then that sense of community it builds a sense of community to have these trails you're saying hi to your neighbors um you know it and then it also provides and uh opportunities for people to commute. Um, years ago, I used to commute on a piece of the loop. I used to walk two miles to work. And it was wonderful because, you know, in the right kind of weather, why not? And the footing it looks like by the picture, all kinds of footing. Right. Yeah. So it's a it's, Um, And one of the nice things about the loop is that it's almost entirely separate from cars. And so instead of crossing the street, you'll go under an underpass. And there's very few places where you're actually interacting with traffic. And you have uh, paved surfaces. um, Most of the way, almost the entire thing is paved. But then there's also uh, a lot of times there'll be a pedestrian path next to it. And so, really, just a very forward-thinking thing because these these trails actually came from the floods of 1983 when they um, when they washed out the banks. Thirteen people were killed. It was a horrible disaster for Tucson. And so, when they were shoring up the banks, they decided, why don't we put a recreational path on top of it? Which is amazing. And so, to have seen this entire system come to you know get completed, it, it's just such a wonderful asset for Tucson.
0: Prescott has the Circle Trail.
2: Yep, absolutely. I'm actually, that's one of the things I'm looking at to do next um, is to do a similar hike where I take people with me. Because when I did the loop hike, I was posting on Facebook and, you know, doing live feeds and things like that. And so I really enjoy taking people along on some of my journeys, especially ones with cell reception. Well, Payson's got Pats,
0: Payson Area Trail System. It loops the entire uh, Grass Valley area, just gorgeous trail system.
2: Flagstaff's got the foots, the Flagstaff Urban Trail System. White Mountains has a really great trail system. So They
0: do. Yeah. Sedona, how many trailheads do you need? I exactly, <laughs> exactly.
2: And so this is the kind of thing that my company also does. Um, I am working on a project right now in the town of Tusayan, just south of the Grand Canyon, where I'm – designed a community trail system for them. It's right now it's in the public comment period and you can look at that if you go on the town of Tusi on website. And, um, Is it
0: going through public comment because it's on National Forest property?
2: It's on National Forest property. It's also on private land and okay. so um, you know it's a great way for us to get feedback from the community and the feedback so far has all been positive. And, and I mean, you got
0: a good interface between the private and the Uh, Forest Service?
2: Yes, that's one of the most important things is to make sure that people in the community are the ones that are making the decisions. I'm not just coming in there and saying, this is what you need, this is what you need. Um, You know, one of the first things that I did was interviews with landowners and the concierge and, you know, um, tour guides and things like that just to find out what was it that people really wanted. We also did a public questionnaire where people were able to, um, you know, tell what kind of types of recreation they were interested in, what were the needs of the town. And so um, it's uh, about 11 and a half miles of new trails. And one of the most exciting parts of that is I developed a Grand Canyon history trail, which is a um, trail that will tell the human history of the Grand Canyon. So, you know, they have the trail of time for geology in the Grand Canyon. That's the story that isn't told very often. And, you know, as an archeologist, this is one of the most important stories as far as I'm concerned, because people think that the Grand Canyon is Disneyland and it was built for them, you know, like the Magic Mountain or something like that. But people have lived there and still live there. Um, you know and it's been inhabited for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. All
0: right, so the Tucian Trail is a current project. Yes. Public comment closes shortly. Yes, uh-huh. on How Monday. How could people per- – oh, oh, wow, that's yep. really short. Yep. <laughs> <Okay. All laughs> it's right. been
2: open for about a month and a half so okay. far.
0: Well, super. Well, we wish you the absolute best on that. Now, what's this hike like a girl? Is that a, is that a serious uh, – that's a real thing?
2: That is a real thing, and it was developed by Teresa Baker, and she's the one who developed Amer- African-American Parks Experience. And so it's actually hike like a girl weekend. So it's hike like a girl weekend all week weekend long. <laughs> And um, I think it's a really wonderful way. Um, one of my big, my big pushes with the with the Trails Inspire business is to get as many people outdoors as possible, and that's reaching out to, um, you know, women who, you know, people who might not think that they can be outdoorsy. Women, people of color, like you know, I grew up, like I said, not not in this kind of culture where you you know you go hiking and things like that. And I think that people just need to be shown, you know, that. It's something that they can do, too. Um, there's been some really wonderful uh, groups that have uh, arisen. There's a, a Diversify Outdoors Coalition that is made up of a bunch of different— um, there's uh, you know Natives Outdoors and a group called Unlikely Hikers, Brown People Camping, um, Latino Outdoors, and Out There Adventures, among others. And so these are people that are really trying to expand the— um, the message that the outdoors is for everyone. And Outside Magazine this month has a wonderful series of articles about diversity in the outdoors.
0: Well, that's fantastic. And you've got a big event tomorrow.
2: Yes, I'm very excited about that. It's the Force of Nature Reunion Party uh, put on by REI at Lost Dutchman State Park. Last year, REI um, developed the Force of Nature Women's Initiative to get women out to outdoors and so the Force of Nature Reunion Party, they had done uh, an event like this last year, and it went so well that they were doing another one this year. And it's at Lost Dutchman State Park from 1030 to 1230, and it's free. You just need to register, and there's still spots available. The, um, there will be a series of speakers. Uh, Debbie Johnson from the Arizona Office of Tourism will be there, uh, representatives from Ragnar and the Desert Foothills Mountain Bike Association, Aoa Adventures, the Arizona Trail Association, and Women Who Hike. And yeah.
0: long- what a great way for someone just to kind of get introduced to the concept.
2: Absolutely, and you know the thing is that um, you know I, I like to take people, I took people on the, the last four miles of my loop hike, and there were these three women that had never hiked before, and we interviewed them afterwards, and the best part was they said that now that they had been shown what to do and you know maps and things like that, they felt. Comfortable going out there by themselves, and they would—they were really looking forward to doing it again. And that is—that's—that was—that's what Trails Inspire is all about.
0: What's well, going to be a little warmer than I think the 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 sponsors were hoping for tomorrow. But you would just bring your Gossamer Light Flex hiking umbrella, right?
2: Exactly. I always <laughs> have my umbrella with me. Um, I am sponsored by Gossamer Gear, which they're a fantastic ultralight backpacking company, and uh, they. Provide me with my backpack and my hiking poles and my tent and my umbrella. My umbrella, I I don't go anywhere without it. it. I mean, what is there? You want water and shade in the desert. And if you can have your own portable shade, why not? It ma-
0: at the end of the day, it makes a big, big difference. Huge. How, how much the sun has or hasn't beat down on you. Gossamer gear, take less, do more.
2: Absolutely. And um, that was a big part of um, my transformation from when I first started backpacking, I was carrying this gigantic, very heavy <laughs> backpack filled with everything and Couldn't the leave kitchen anything sink. At home, right Oh no I mean there's this picture of my husband and I my husband on his very only backpacking trip he ever took. Our backpacks, <laughs> I mean you could have built you could have set up house in them. and so you know to go from that to and right now I'm carrying probably about 16 pounds without food and water and it, it makes such a difference in first of all the you know the comfort but also the distance that I can go I also I have fibromyalgia as a result of a car accident when I was 23 I was hit by a truck while I was walking across the street mm-hmm. and so I have a chronic pain condition called fibromyalgia and which you know I can still do a lot of things but I try to be as nice to my body as possible and so being ultralight, uh, you know, a lightweight backpacker, that really helps the um, the stress on my body. Oh,
0: I, I as a young man, I prided myself in you know my pack only weighed eighty seven pounds, and I you know I, I could live out of it for a month. But right. it was the rim to rim hikes at the Grand Canyon that turned me into a minimalist. Yep, it's it's like just enough water to get to the next water stop. Call ahead, make sure the water's good and it's running and just a minimalist. So the Gossamer gear is that super, super lightweight stuff. And I'm on their site right now and the one.
2: Yes, the the... tent,
0: the one. Just now as we were talking, boom, hit sold out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, and that then that's because that tent weighs nineteen ounces.
0: 19 ounces for a tip okay and your and your food bar made right. in flagstaff
2: yes so huppy bar is uh made in flagstaff Lindsay Hupp, i used to work with her on the river uh when i worked for arizona river runners as a river guide and she developed these bars that are amazing they're really tasty and the most important part for a backpacker they're super calorically dense so they're only like they're like 200 calories for a under two ounces
0: serena defoe finder at trails
2: inspire thank you thanks so much for having me on
1: hey this is rosie on the house and thanks for joining us this may saturday we have somebody special in studio with us today if you've been a recipient of our calendar if you've checked it out online you know that each month we feature a different produce or product for the arizona farm bureau and this month we are highlighting beef and in studio with us is jan d'autry hi how are
3: you do you know that i'm a butcher's daughter you so know? This is right at my alley. How come alley? it doesn't
1: surprise me? My
3: dad was one of the original butchers from Safeway back in like nineteen thirty six. Here in something. town? No, this no? was in San Francisco. <gasps> and so yeah, so I grew up with a butcher dad.
1: That is so cool. It's Do you know it is so amazing. Do you know there are thirty one beef ranchers? in Arizona. You know what, it's amazing. They're listed on uh, FillYourPlate.org. That's right. You can go on there, you can find them all and you can see what's close to you. You can A lot of them you can order online some yep. fresh beef. Absolutely. A lot of them hit the farmer's market and some of them let you just come right to the ranch and pick it up. You know nice what, there, beef.
3: there's this romance, you know, about being a rancher and a <laughs> farmer. Let me tell you something. Those Arizona beef ranchers are the hardest working bunch. It's not easy. And a lot of them are carrying on creating legacy beef They're passing on traditions. They're trying to get the next generation to stay in ranching. My hat's off to them.
1: Mine too. And you know, there's just something so comforting about getting meat that's Produce real close to your home. It's mm-hmm. organic. You, you don't have to question what's in it. So anyway, go to fillyourplate.org to look that up. That's
3: right. Yeah, this is kind of fun because we're honoring um, our Arizona beef ranchers today, and also our Arizona egg farmers. I love them, so always. I always have to give them always. a pitch. But I'm doing something really neat now. Normally, I would have brought a steak in or roast beef or something, but I'm doing a salad, a steak salad. But we're doing it with a twist, Jen. We're doing a salad on a stick or a salad de skewer no it's salad <laughs> you on the go. stick basically <laughs> but it's really fun and what I've decided to do is because the, the presentation is really beautiful you know you've got brunches coming up you've got Mother's Day you've got pool parties and rather than just a salad you want to do something really kind of cool so I've got a couple of skewers here mm-hmm. and laid out in our studio on radio we've got chunks of bread like a nice crusty bread all and all the things that would go with a steak dinner. Okay, so we've got baby tomatoes that I've roasted. We've got these potatoes. We've got these tomatoes that are San Marzano tomatoes that are fresh that you can find in the store now. I've got mushrooms that are sauteed in garlic and butter. I've got little skewers of bacon because I now was that's thinking cute. I was thinking what do you put on your on your baked potatoes you're mm-hmm. going to put crumbled bacon mm-hmm. right so we're we're using that element and then I've got a flank steak. I cooked the steak nice and rare and I cut it in strips and now we're just getting ready to build the skewers.
1: What a great idea for the summer. It's too hot, and you know that APS rate kicking off this month, so uh-huh. it's a great way to make a dinner without heating up your
3: whole kitchen. And so I am starting with a nice chunk of bread, and we've got our lettuce here. I'm using kind of a curly, leafy green. Kind of feeding and it on there. Feeding it mm-hmm. on there, feeding on the skewer. And now I'm just going to add all the things that you would have in a steak salad or in a steak meal. So I've got nice strips of flank steak, beautiful roasted potato with a little bit of salt, pepper, Garlic and parsley, very simple. That beautiful San Marzano tomato. Now I'm going to put another chunk of bread. And another chunk of, um, another little strip of lettuce. My passion for our egg farmers, I'm putting it. with a beautiful hard-boiled egg half. Exactly, and let's go with one more flank steak here, and maybe, oh, and then we'll put the bacon on there. And what I did is I cooked the bacon, got it out of the oven, I put it in a ribbon, I made Mm -hmm, a ribbon out of it. So there we go, that is your skewer. We're going to set it right here on this beautiful platter, and isn't that gorgeous? Yes, and we're going to take a picture,
1: and also you'll be able to look at the Rosie on the house website on our blog and find a picture of this lovely dish as well as the recipe. So don't feel like you have to be riding
3: furiously. That's life. right. And now we're going to make the vinaigrette to Alrighty. go with it. I've been doing some research and all these lists of what chefs think you should learn, you know, the top 10 things you should always know how to make and the top 10 things that people want to know how to make and always topping the list is a vinaigrette. So it's very simple, Jen. It's okay. a formula. Three parts, olive oil, one part vinegar. That's okay. the first thing to remember, three to one. So I've got three quarters of a cup of nice extra virgin olive oil, one quarter red wine vinegar, mm-hmm. you could do balsamic, and now we're just gonna add a little bit of garlic or shallots, just a tiny bit. Well that's maybe a tiny,
1: that's like maybe a tablespoon. Yeah, that's well, like a, yeah, go yeah, for yeah, it. You, right.
3: you can never have enough garlic. Tiny is relative, guys. Yeah, and okay. then salt and pepper. Gonna whisk that to emulsify, and watch how quickly that comes together. Um, All you've got your salad already on your plate, and now you're just going to pour it right on top, and you've got a beautiful presentation with your beef, you know, your salad on a stick, and then your beautiful vinaigrette.
1: That is so great. And do you also have this on your one-minute kitchen, I bet?
3: One-minute kitchen, and it'll give you some real nice detail on how I cook the bacon and how you, you know, you could do cold cuts, you could do a chef salad, you could do a shrimp salad on a stick, anything. But it's just, it's a different way to eat your greens.
1: That could be a Friday night tradition. There
3: you go. And again, you know, using our Arizona beef, boy, it makes every salad better.
1: Thank you, Jan, for joining us today. You're
0: welcome. Oh, yeah, we'll be talking beef all next hour, so stay tuned for that with the Arizona Farm Bureau. We've got staycation to cover real quick. Was that I was at the home of the winner of the Heritage Inn in Snowflake. They'll be leaving in a couple weeks.
1: Oh, they're excited to go, I'm sure. They
0: wanted a little shade Ramada barbecue <laughs> outdoor kitchen area set up, so I was out there visiting with them about that, and as we were leaving, they said, oh, we're the ones that won the staycation. That is
1: so funny. <laughs> they're, um, they're, that's in Snowflake. Yes, really cute little antique antique boutique hotel. Um, but this year so far, have you thought about all the cool places we've we've sent people? People in January they got to go to Little America and Flagstaff. In February, Orchards Inn, and all across the state. So if you want to go on one of our staycations, sign up at house.com under Staycations. There's a little app there, and.